Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking. Today we're talking basketball, raging Cajun basketball, with longtime fan Mike Abair. Mike, it's been a while since we spoke. I know both of us have uh, had quite a busy schedule with everything going on, but how are you? I'm doing okay. Part of our busy schedule for both of us had some medical issues, and I'm doing fine, and you will be doing fine soon. But that's why we haven't uh, discussed basketball for a while, but ready to do it. Um, we've played seven games. Uh, we're going to touch today on uh, the five D1 games we played. We'll briefly mention the two non-D1s. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's jump right in. Uh, I know we've been we've been talking almost for a half hour before we came on air, catching up since it's been so long. So it'll be good to talk some basketball and, and kind of both of our thoughts so far on the season. But let's jump right in and uh the Youngstown State game that first half uh uh was kind of a little discouraging for me I'll I'll put it that way well um believe it or not it was encouraging for me and the reason I say that is because the shots weren't falling it was a slow offensive start uh for both teams really but Youngstown got out to take a 12-point lead but we were getting good looks they were just weren't falling, and I'd seen enough from, uh, or heard enough from the exhibition and our um, scrimmage that we had good shooters. One thing I did notice, I think we, when we had twelve points, we had five layups and two free throws, and the five layups going against their zone is one of the reasons I was encouraged because hey, you're not supposed to score inside against the zone, but we figured out a way to do it by getting guys on back cuts and uh, putting guys on the free throw line and making the appropriate passes. Believe it or not, we did have an idea how they were going to place with that zone. Uh, word had got out that in their scrimmage, they had beaten Akron pretty bad. And coaching stuff always amazes me. One of our coaches read it on Twitter that Akron had beat him. And one of our coaches knew somebody at Akron and called him and got some uh, pointers on how to beat their zone. Uh, it's amazing when I hear stuff like that. Uh, how much, why is coaching a fraternity? There's an example. But, you know, uh, the defense was outstanding, you know, when um, Wright State was scoring, it wasn't because, uh, uh, you know, our defense was lax. We had pressure on the ball. We had good rotations inside throughout the half. And focus on that end was good. And when your shots are not falling, it's easy to get discouraged on defense. And that game, they did not do that. Uh, Finally, Joe made a three, and he seemed to get us going. You know, when I say discouraged, because like you said, it was a 12-point game, but I do think you're you're absolutely correct. The defense was very good, and I think part of it is when you hear about the shooters, you know the guys can make baskets. You know the guys can make uh, baskets in practice. Does it translate to the game? And now five games in, if I if this was the fifth game, I wouldn't have been as discouraged, but since it was really the first game, it was just uh, a little bit discouraging for me, but absolutely correct with everything you said as far yeah, as yeah, pressure yeah. on the – Go ahead. I was just going to say as pressure and uh, the backdoor cuts and scoring inside was was uh, was nice to see. Yeah. Well, uh, a key play in the half, I thought, was uh, late in the half. We fouled somebody, said it was not a good play. We had just taken the lead. And uh, we got the rebound, and Mike Thomas did a great job pushing it and dropped in a mid-range right of the half and gave us, a, uh, I think it was either a three-, four-point lead. And, you know, that gave us momentum going into the half. And in the second half, uh, we continue to do a good job executing their zones. Finally, some threes fall. Remember, Big Butler banked one in. <laughs> and so yeah. when that happened, I figure uh, 
okay, we're going to win the game. Uh, now, I did notice one thing, too. There was, we got the um, inside guy for uh, Youngstown in foul trouble early in the half where Hosanna actually went to the basket, and he made his free throws. They had to put their seven-footer in, who's a freshman, not necessarily as athletic, but he did a good job of protecting the basket and prevented us from extending. So getting their start in foul trouble may not have been a good thing, but they're not. Um, we were able to keep the defensive pressure on the ball the whole game, and we put the game of the way at the line. Do you remember how well we shot in that game at the free throw I, line? I, I, I know we sh- I know we were very good. I don't remember exactly. 21 out of 24, well over 80%. Now, of course, when, I, when that happened, people were pretty optimistic. I knew that wasn't going to continue. You know, that's sort of an anomaly. Most college good teams shoot in the 70s, and most of them shoot an average in the high 60s. But, you know, Timus, especially the point guard, he made eight out of his final nine, and you need to do that. If you're the point guard, you got to lead at the end because you're going to have the ball in your hand. And the other player I noticed was Joe Charles. He had a double-double with uh, 13 points, 10 rebounds, and his outstanding defense. When I talk about rotation, he's often the one, the guy who be able to leave his man if the guard beats their man inside and double the ball and make it difficult to get the pass back out. So that was a nice, good win. I was encouraged after the game. Yeah, for me going into the game, I told somebody I felt that Joe Charles and Kobe Julian would need to combine for 30 points for us to win. They were right at 29. The thing I did not take into effect, which has been a very pleasant surprise this year, is Themis Falk scoring so far this season. So uh, I know we'll talk about it more as uh, as we get into these other games, but very impressed with uh, Themis's scoring ability this year. So, yeah, the other thing that no, yes, I'll agree with you. We'll talk about, but the other thing that uh, popped out to me when the game was over, our defense held Youngstown to two out of twenty-three from three, right? And they scored eighty-seven points against uh, Akron in their scrimmage. So, and if you, if you want to trade, uh, you know, and I know we don't have the big men like a lot of people want, but when you're, when you can trade threes for twos, you're going to beat some teams there and you, and, and you're going to put pressure on them. Uh, and, and I still like not only our pressure defense, when we're getting in a full court situation, pressure defense has been very impressive. So. Yep. All right. Now the next game was, Disappointing. I want to say this is discouraging at the time Toledo was playing well. Uh, and that happened on the Saturday after uh, that Monday night game against Youngstown. It was the first game of the MAC challenge. By the way, have you noticed, noticed who's in the lead on those? I think, was it the MAC 7, uh, Sunbelt 5 or something like that? Yeah, it was It was very close, but I, I, uh, the MAC did have the lead on that. But I think every – but uh, – if not every home team won, the majority of the home team wins. So seven out of five would, uh, well, actually, the Mac had all the home games. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. But yeah. So, uh, and uh, in this, overall, the Sun Belt hasn't done as well as this year as maybe they've done, did last season. A lot of that is due to all the transfers, but uh, we did okay in the challenge there. But anyway, in our game against Toledo, talking about team as folks. He was scoring the lane at will in the first few minutes. He had double figures right out of the 10 minutes. You know, it was a tight game. He kept us in the lead. Or, or, or you know, games, I noticed, when you get around the 20-point mark, that's when you'll figure out who's going to separate, take the lead. It's a feeling-out game until about that point, even in the non-D1s. But, you know, we got a couple of turnovers. Uh, we had a 45-34 lead. Demas was scoring. 
couple of guys made shots. I think Cantrell made his first three of the year. So it looked, felt pretty good at that point. But I didn't notice something that came out to be a factor. Is, uh, when Joe Charles sat, the Rockets had some success inside. And they were able to keep uh, the game you know, rather close at 11 points. And um, he had two fouls in the first half. He had to sit a little bit. Uh, did you watch the game? Did you notice anything in the first half that's outstanding to you? No, I, I well, I think the three-point shooting was was definitely there. And for me, uh, I was trying to look it up, but evidently they don't, at least this way, don't have it. Uh, here we go. I, I I agree with you that one of the keys there being Joe Charles. Uh, I know he's a fan favorite, but I did not think he would take the step up that he has this year. And to me, he plays much bigger than six seven, which we're going to need. You know, I think he's got he he rebounds well, he gets up well, he's got very quick hands on defense, and I think his deep when he is not in the game, that's when you see the other team score. He's got such long arms, he may not get the steal every time, but he knows how to to tap the ball away from the uh, from the uh, the offense to, to to knock it into our guys' hands. Yeah, I think he's very much a key. Uh, In some to, ways, he's been our most consistent play, player. Other uh, the other night, you know, he didn't score, which was strange. But you know, the first few minutes of the second half also went well. We got the lead to sixteen. Kobe and Cantrell hit some threes. I'm going to say something here. Maybe a lot of people may not realize. I think it was critical. We got the lead to sixteen. I think uh, the Rockets got a three back to cut a thirteen. If we could have got the lead to eighteen, I really think we'd have won the game. I don't know why it is, but all the years I watched basketball, and I encourage people to do this, there's a huge difference between the 16 or 18 and 19-point lead. When it gets to 18, it's six possessions. You're six possessions ahead. Um, so when we didn't do that, and, and the next score cut it to 13, I started to get concerned. And right at that moment, Joe got his fourth foul, and he had to sit like five minutes. And the Rockets started hitting some free throws. We started turning the ball over. And... I'll give the Rockets some credit. They made some tough mid-range shots. Sometimes um, we don't want to admit it, but the other team has good players as well. And uh, who's this guy? Cochran came off the bench at 8 out of 12, 18 points. And most of those were like 10-footers in the middle of the lane. So when you have, you know, one of the guys who you don't expect, you know, to play that much, it comes up, you just give them credit. Cage's defense wasn't necessarily that bad when Joe was out, but he made some tough shots. And we had a lot of turnovers. Remember earlier in the game, I said Timus was scoring inside. Well, sometimes he kept driving, scored inside, and you know they were able to put more pressure on him. He didn't make the passes quick. Um, I didn't notice this too, but um, it seemed to me that you know we fouled a lot. Some of the turnovers we made, I don't necessarily think were called both ways. I think the fouls could have been called in some of those turnovers. Um, road game, probably. I don't know who the officials were. But what was the end of the game? Uh, the free throw disparity was huge, wasn't it? Yeah, they they shot twenty eight. We shot six. Yeah, you know, but that's that that you know that that that's a crazy. And, and if you look, you know, it, it's a it, it's a nine point game. That that's tells you everything you need to know right there. Yeah, and I agree actually, with you. We actually had one more basket than they did, and we had six more three pointers. So that's eight. So the free throw line was a difference. Of course, part of the end of the game was, you know, where we had to foul in the last few minutes. It was still a close game, you know, you know, till two minutes to go. 
Like I said earlier, yes. when that lead went from 16 to 13 and they slowly chipped at it away, you know, a basket here and a basket there, they didn't take the lead till about three minutes left. So uh, how much, how much do you think, uh, uh, a couple things here, Mike, how much do you think going on the road, which is, which is already, you know, you're traveling, you're, and, and we don't fly direct. So I don't know if the team flew through Dallas and then, then to there, but how much of, we've got three guys that played 34 minutes or more. They have one guy that played 30 minutes. I think so that's the biggest think... factor in the game. Beyond the free throws, I think the biggest factor in the game. Our two freshmen didn't play at all. We only played eight people. Uh, and our guys really, what did we get off the bench? We only had six points. Four from Ratliff, two from uh, Butler. Thomas played 13 minutes and did not score. The two freshmen didn't play at all. Looking back, a friend of mine said, okay, maybe a couple of minutes each of the fields and uh, Hardy in the first half. You know, maybe we're not as dead leg. We seem to, as far as the road goes, uh, we did fly direct, but we flew direct out of New Orleans. So we had to make a two and a half hour bus trip before we got there. So okay. that's a factor as well. Uh, I think we're going to do that. And again, not making, not making excuses, just pointing out the reality sometime of the game. Yeah. And now, now, It'll be just the opposite when the teams come here. We should be able to take advantage of that when when the max comes to our area, I guess. Yeah, that'll be in February, right, right. But still, um, I would say I did in the game, I was disappointed, not necessarily discouraged, because we had that one. Uh, yes. We had When you have a 16-point lead on the road, second half, yeah, so other people may be watching the future, see if, if we get it to a lead that gets into the double figures, see if you can extend it. Get closer to the 20. That makes it much more difficult for the teams to come back. Yeah. In, in this particular case, you know, I thought maybe Youngstown would have a little, uh, lose a little energy at the end of the game. They tried so hard. They were so far out of the game. But better bitch play helped them. That's one of the reasons they were able to com- complete the comeback. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so that's a, a reason, actually, we played the next game, and we won't say much about it, but uh, Louisiana Christian – a lot of the, it was our next home game. A lot of guys played uh, and we'll need that going forward. Fields and uh, we had good ball movement. We made 18 threes and the young guys played. That's all I'll say about Louisiana Christian. That was yep. the All right, let's move on to Wright State. We go, we head to uh, Florida for the golf, golf post showcase. Um, you know, it, I think every every loss for any fan is a disappointing loss. And I'm not sure. I mean, going in, if you tell me we're going to win two out of three, I say, okay, that's a pretty good, pretty good three-day stretch there. You know, but uh, at the same time, there's no good time to lose a game. You know, you know what I mean? As a fan. Yeah. Yep. We, we, if we beat Wright State, you know, who knows? We may win the second game and lose in the finals. Hofstra, I think, ended up winning the tournament, and they're a pretty good team. Uh, but in the Wright State game, they dominated the glass from the opening tip. You know, our defense on the first shot was okay, but we were giving up way too many offensive rebounds to a couple of athletic big guys they have named Brown and Noel. They were scoring inside, and, you know, they got out to a double-figure lead, and we were able to keep it double figures and not let them extend it too much. 
But I did notice one thing. The baskets the Cajuns were making were tough shots. And so Bryce Day was playing good defense. We were making some pretty tough shots. And last basket of the half, uh, a guy right there, inside guy who sort of dominated, um, no, Braun, Braun, was a left-handed pushback. He was five feet away, and he's right-handed, and he put it back in. Now, um, I knew uh, we were going to have this discussion, so I did pay the fee to watch a little bit on Flow Hoops. Being out of town, um, visiting family, I was only able to watch half. Jay Walker, by the way, did a great job of describing all what was happening. I'm sure you uh, you listen to Jay as well. So five-foot pushback. I watched the body language of our guys, and you know, we had the lead down the nine. It was inside the single digits, and a couple of guys hung their head, and I said, okay, we've got to fight back in the second half here. But I knew we would come back. Our guys have too much grit. And um, how did you feel at halftime? You know, I, I, I it was that was the game that I think I told you that uh, I, I forgot the game was on. I, I mean, I knew the game was that day. I didn't realize it was on. And uh, because of some things going on, I ended up working those three days. So I did just listen to Jay. And honestly, I, I felt like I got a lot of more out of it by listening to him versus watching it uh, sometimes. Uh, well, it's much more entertaining to, to listen to, to your guy talk than it is to, to people that really don't know the team. Yeah. But uh, frustrating that uh, the first, uh, I, I, honestly, I can't talk about the first half too much because I don't remember. I only last listened to about the last two minutes of it. So yeah, uh, okay. I don't want to well, comment there. something I really didn't pay attention to. Well, when we get our conclusion, we'll talk about about the rebounding. But, you know, that was a concern going yep. in. And the game was too much of a half-court game in the first half. You know, you know, we couldn't speed them up. They scored 45 points, but a lot of that was on second shots. But in the second half, we were able to speed the game up pretty quickly. You know, we got some turnovers, made them shoot the ball a little quicker. And when they shoot the ball a little quicker, you know, you're more likely to get the, the rebound instead of an offensive uh, rebound being allowed. We had some threes fall. I think Joe made some, Cantrell made some. And all of a sudden, with 10 minutes to go, we had a one-point lead. But uh, early in the half, Themis folks suffered that ankle injury. I think that became a factor late because we had one less guy. Uh, Michael Thomas was doing okay. Again, Joe had to sit some on with four fouls. And, you know, we can't extend the lead. It stays pretty close. For the 10-minute mark to the two-minute mark, it's, uh, you know, within a couple of baskets either way. There was a technical foul on Kentrell Garnett when he just bounced the ball with frustration, which seems to me I would have let that go. But you know that was two points that hurt us. That 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 all that that one always bugs me because you can tell the player is frustrated with himself because not he's ref. not looking at the referee and you know hitting it hard. That is always a ninety nine percent of the time that is a player frustrated at himself. And he's just saying, come on, you got to be smarter than that. And then you, then the referee calls a technical on him and you're going like, it, 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 and it, you're right, it shouldn't have been called because it changed the game. Yeah, two points there hurts. And, you know, they, I think I think Kentrell uh, had fouled and he was frustrated with committing a foul. Yes. So, uh, but then the score is 71 all and our legs seem to falter. You know, our defense is not quite as strong. You know, like I said, no. Demas may not have been having this great game, but, you know, it's still one less guy when you're maybe not having as much playing guys as much as you like. And, you know, open shots that we were making to make the comeback all of a sudden don't fall. And, uh, but 
when the game's all over, you go back to the lot game was lost inability to overcome the first half problems on the boards. It was 41 to 24. Yeah, and, and some of that's just an attitude. <clears throat> uh, uh, retro freshman Kyron Radliff played 13 minutes and had zero rebounds. Yeah, I watched some of the game, you know, and the ball, some of them, just, it's a little luck. Where's the ball bounce? But you just got to make up your mind. I'm just going to go get it. You see, go, when you see the shot going up, it becomes more of an aggressive attitude. And sometimes it's going to be, okay, I may not get the rebound, but if I'm man-to-man defense, the guy I'm going to block him out where he's not going to get it. Let me ask you this, though, Mike, in your opinion, because, you know, I, I think sometimes fans, we forget that, like, rat. Ratcliffe is a freshman, and the majority of these players were the best player on their high school team and maybe weren't asked to rebound or to be that guy that did those types of things. So how much of that is a learning process for for someone like that? Well, in Kyron's, it's a big process. For one thing, the reason he redshirted last year and didn't play any real games because he didn't sign until late July when he decided to uh, sign early. Uh, So he missed all the summer. Um, again, some of it is maybe attitude where you just got to be a little meaner streak to go get it. Kobe needs to rebound a little better. Coach Marlon said that after the game the other night, but he had four. We just, we just got to block out a little better. And fortunately, since that game, we've done better in the next, in the final three games. We've done a lot better on the board. So they probably got the message. Okay. The one thing that was encouraging though, uh, uh, again, free throw shooting 86%, 13 for 15 for the game uh fouls were, were 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 very similar as as opposed to some of the other games that we played and i think the disparity there was like six or five which can really be the fouls towards the end of the game uh trying trying to trying to do those things so well, uh, encouraging to, yeah all that's encouraging to me was down 11 the guys came back they fought hard they actually took the lead yes Just, and um being on a neutral court versus at home and maybe the bench, maybe not producing as much as we'd like. They seem to run out of energy and couldn't complete the comeback. That happens so often. You get down double figures, you fight hard to get back in the game, but you can't finish the job. Yeah, that's that's where your legs really come into play there. But the thing that I do like about it is, you know, you got Kobe at 31 minutes uh, and Kentrell at 36. That's the only two players. And I know part of that was because Themis was out. But the Kentrell only two the players over- ran the point, so, yeah. Yeah, but you know, in, in there, in, in no offense to Michael Thomas, but there is a reason Michael Thomas is not the starting point guard. You know, so uh, it, it's like there, there, there are reason these guys are backups right now. So uh, I, I do like, I, I think Michael is playing better basketball though than he has in the past, and we talked about that in our our, our preseason uh, look preview. Yeah. preview that we thought that Michael Thomas and Themis Falks would both excel uh, better than they had been in the past. So, Yeah, well, the other thing with Themis' injury, what you couldn't do is put Michael at off guard. Yeah. And we do that a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, so, Great so point the, there. The, the technical foul, Themis' injury. And I'll tell you one thing, when Joe started with four fouls, and he came back in, we'd already lost the momentum again. You know, I, how many minutes did he play? He played uh, 29. He needed that to be 32, 33. Exactly. Because he had exactly. 23 points and nine rebounds. He was one rebound away from a double-double. Yeah, when he's four for five from three-pointer, nine from 13 from the field, I mean, and like you said, nine rebounds, 
this is the guy uh, is as much as Kobe scores and does everything. Uh, Joe, I believe, really uh, is is one of the keys to the game. Yeah, Joe challenged for all tournament. But anyway, uh, so the next day we're ready to play uh, with the Buffalo. Yes. And we're all wondering until the last second. I had actually texted somebody there. His team was going to play. And he said, he's warming up. You know, we'll see. And then I guess half hour or for the game now, they're going to hold him out. And looking back, that was probably the right decision. But because um, even when our team was in there, our defense in the first half was similar back to Youngstown State game. When we put pressure on the ball and we rotate properly, when the ball goes inside, we get in there quickly, we do well. The Bulls at only 21 points. I know they were one of the weaker teams in there, but they still were bigger than the Cajuns. And we held them to fewer offensive rebounds than they did before. Of course, the key to that game was, remember, was just talking about it, it was Kobe, of course. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think he had 18 in the first half, something like that. He he had a, a huge game, I know. Uh, and I think you're right with the 18. I remember listening to that, you know, I think one of the things you're going to see there is I'm going to have to do a comparison here. Uh, when, when, when and we don't win, it looks like the losses, Kobe was like one for six in three-pointer. This time he was two for four, but he was 10 for 18 from the field, eight for 11 from the free throw line. So, I mean, he and, and another key again that we talked about was, was Joe Charles with uh, Joe Charles and Kobe combined for seven steals. That to me, that's that's awesome, and yep. and, and seventeen rebounds, so yep. very yep. very key going forward. Yeah, Kobe had uh, thirty points, but he couldn't. The first half they couldn't guard him, and I say when somebody's guard, scoring at all three levels, that means they're taking to the rim, scoring at the basket, they're hitting their open threes, and when they drive in their basket and they cut off, they're hitting some tough mid range. He did all of that in the first half. So in that game, Mike, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this was the when we recruited Kobe Julian. This was the Kobe Julian we recruited before his knee injuries. Correct. Now you don't expect to play that way every game, but uh, right. But you know, if you get it one or two games, and you're right, you know, when he struggles from outside, I think he was one for six, one for seven at Toledo. We didn't win that one. The other guys yep. didn't make some. But anyway, um, folks was missed, but as Thomas turned the ball over a few times. Um, some hustle plays where he was actually beating his man, getting into the lane and he was trying to pass inside and maybe the offensive players or his teammates weren't expecting the pass. No, Radliff let a pass go out of bounds. He's trying to go get a rebound. Michael would have been better off just shooting some of those, get in the range, shoot the mid range, let his guy go get the rebound instead of making some tough passes. But he did much better in the second half. Uh, he ended up with the three turnovers. I think all three of them were one sequence in the first half. One of the plays, I think Kentrell was at point uh, late in the half where, um, uh, we got a dunk at the buzzer where uh, the Radliff and I watched it. I was watching that a couple of times on the flow hoops. They actually had a couple of off ball moves where Radliff actually cut from almost the, um, the wing. You know, he'd gone inside a couple of times. So it was a beautiful set play. You know, sometimes we say our uh, transition offense is better than our set offense. Yeah. Not that true, but, but there was an example where we could actually get some um, success. Reminded me of the Youngstown State game when we got some baskets early in the game on some set plays against their zone. Okay. 
But anyway, just like you know, I figured we'd come back the night before against Wright. I figured the Bulls would come back. You know, they were having a tough uh, season. They had lost their first round game, just like we had. I knew they were going to play hard. They had some big guys and a couple of good athletes. But still, you had to feel pretty good. We had a double figure lead at halftime. Yeah, I I, I felt really good on this one, and, and uh, you know, we we talked early about uh, Radcliffe and the rebounding. He had four rebounds this game and two blocks, so very encouraging and six points. Yeah, so so if we can get that if we can get that out of uh, Radcliffe. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, Rat. I'm sorry. Ratliff, I, Ratcliffe. I'm sorry, Ratliff. I, I, I've got to correct that. Uh, yes. Yeah, and I, I wonder we'll if he fine. had a talk. Remember, I said he didn't do too well in the previous game. I wonder if the coaches got on him a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. You know, play a little harder. Yep. Yeah, but like I said, I knew the Bulls would come back. They hit some threes. They kept the game close. Uh, you know, again, you know, without having Timus in there. Uh, and maybe Kobe ended up with 30, but a couple of his shots he was making the first half didn't fall. But mostly it was the Bulls got hot. They made some threes. Oh, how did they end up in the game? They made nine out of 28, but I bet six of them were in the second half. Oh. Yeah, they, they played, uh, they did a, a much, I think they shot 48% from the three in the second half, if I remember the box score correctly. Yeah, but they cut the lead to three a couple of times, but... They never cut it to less than that. They never got it to a single possession. There was a key sequence uh, last three minutes to go. The lead was cut to three. They got it inside, but uh, Joe and Hosanna forced a tough shot. Joe got a tough rebound. We come back down court. Hosanna gets fouled. Now here at this point, we got a three-point lead. He misses the first free throw, and you're getting a little concerned, but he knocks the second one in no chance, and I think that was huge. There's a big difference from a minute to go between a four-point lead and a three-point lead because it's two possessions. It puts a lot more pressure on the other team. And at, at that point, uh, we got Kobe got two steals, and he put the game away at the line. So one free throw by Hosanna there helped. Uh, and we just talked about, you know, we had Kobe had 30. We had better numbers than the uh, Bulls on both rebounds and turnovers. Um, that was the key to 68-60 to 60 win. And Radliff and Hardy both played a lot. Uh, Hardy made two three-pointers. So the bench had to come through in this game because of team is being out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a game we won that we expected to win, but it was a gritty win. Sometimes most of those are even more satisfying regardless of what the records are. But no. Was, and, go ahead. I, I know it wasn't a true road game, but I think that that's good for, uh, uh, for encouragement and going into uh, conference play. So I thought, you know, it's like competition, and the light competition are the games that you have to win. Yeah, because there's some on the road. Uh, when you get into conference play, all the teams know each other. They've seen multiple hours of film on each, and it's harder to execute. So they often become gritty. Yes. Down to the end. Okay, so there we're one and one. Uh, last day on Wednesday, a uh, week ago today, we're playing Long Beach. The beach, as Jay called them often on uh, his radio call. Yep. Yeah, the first few minutes of the game were not indicative at all how the game would end up. I think it was four to two or five to three or some crazy score with, after the first timeout, or maybe five six minutes. It was slow off as a start for both teams, and uh, Beach had a little early lead, you know, half dozen or so. Kobe and uh, T 
Demas bowled her on the bench with two fouls. Demas is trying to play. He's trying to gut it out with the injury. But when the game actually sped up, you know, where we can actually have teams shoot the ball a little quicker, it went to our advantage. We made eight threes in the first half. And I was thinking, okay, that's keeping us close. Can we continue that in the second half? Garnett hit a uh, bank shot off the glass at the half, and we were only down three. But uh, a key in the first half was with Kobe sitting with some fouls, is Blake Butler had double figures. I think he had 12 points or something like that in the half. And he scored at the basket. He likes to drive the ball. And he was able to get some shots. And he and his threes were falling this game. you know. And he had been struggling from there before. So I was wondering, okay, how are we to have Depends on Timus' injury. Can Blake keep playing like this? Uh, can we keep the game fast-paced? I thought it was anybody's game of the half. you feel the same way? Yeah, I, I you know, did not feel anybody uh, took control of the game necessarily to to say that that it was their game in the first half. I also think that Long Beach, uh, uh, I, I think they might have been the best team we played to date. Um, so it, I, I thought, you know, when you look back, it was very slow at the beginning of the game, like you talked about. And then you look at the halftime score, 40, 40 to 43 Long Beach State. And you're going like, okay, they really picked it up at towards the end of the half and playing. It, it was very enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. I talked to a couple of people who were at the game. They said it was very entertaining. Uh, speaking of Long Beach, maybe one of the best team we played. Their record's only three and four. I don't know what it is if they played since then, but they hadn't played a home game as of the seven game. Not one. And they'd won at Michigan State and at DePaul. So, yeah. To do that, they're, they've got some talent. Yeah, they're four and four now, uh, and they still have not. Their first home game is December 2nd. So, uh, very, very uh, interesting. So they won. The, they won one game since then. Um, okay. Yes. The second half starts, and the Cajuns quickly take the lead. In a couple of minutes, we got the lead. Um, our threes are still falling. Uh, here, I'll say something. Even though he uh, only played 17 minutes, when we made that big run, team, took the lead. Themis Fox was in the game. He may not have been scoring, but he was making the right play, making the right pass. And uh, you know, we ended up with a whole bunch of threes made. And I'll say something. That does not happen by accident. There is a technique to getting threes. It's not just jacking it up. We have to have guys who run to the right spot. The point guard has to penetrate. He has to make the pass. Sometimes it's the cocky assist that'll come through. He hits the open guy. One more pass gets the open guy. And there's also a thing about hitting the guys where they want it. Joe, Jay mentioned Joe Charles and Contrell Garnett against their zone, but like to shoot the short corner threes and Long Beach State in most of the game. And uh, personally, it's called the shooting pocket. Where I play basketball, I've played a lot. I like it like right between my head and my right shoulder. And different players like it at different spots. So getting the pass in the right spot where they can quickly catch and let the ball go before the defense can close out. There's much more going uh, the three-point shooting than just jacking it up, as some people may think. I've mentioned before, if we get a rebound and we're able to push it or get a fast break, Watch Contrell Garnett. He'll run right. He'll run as fast as he can right to that short corner three spot. You know, this is a team this year that has been different than what we've been used to seeing uh, under Coach Marlin. This is a team that can really bust a zone where in the past 
I don't think we had when when teams would go zone on us, we uh, Cajuns would struggle. This is a team that can really bust a, a zone and bust a game wide open with their three point. Not only their three point shooting, I think they do a very good job of the dribble drive in in the mid range jump shot, which we haven't seen a lot of, and we we've talked about it in the past. That has been gone from college basketball. Yeah, Kentrell made one um, on the baseline when the shot clock was running down about 10 feet away. He ended up with 20 points. The reason you um, can beat a zone like we did against Long Beach is you have to have multiple guys who can be able to hit it. You can't just concentrate on one guy. We had four guys hit four threes each. Blake Butler ended up with 20 points. Contrell ended up with 20 points. Was so, this the Blake Butler we also expected? Because we had heard some things about him, and then we didn't really see it in those previous games, I guess. Yes, he was two for 14 from threes uh, coming in this game. And what did he end up with in this one? He made four. He was four for six. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that actually may be better than what we were expected. You know, that's, I don't know if he can play much better than that. Uh, he, he was, you know, he's a very exciting player. Uh, I'm trying to think of a guy that uh, uh, back in the, the mid 90s, Casey. Casey, uh, Casey Shepard. No, no back in the mid nineties. Oh, back in the um, Jesse Evans years. Yeah, mm-hmm. Casey, somebody. He he was the guy that you're like, no, 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 and then like, yes, great shot, and was always had so much. He's got so much energy. There was CJ Lawrence, who was a point guard back in those days. I'm I'm gonna find his name, but 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 you know he's got so much energy. Casey Green. Casey Green. Casey Green. Yes, he I was gonna say Marty Green, and, but and, I didn't and, think and, it was right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you could. That's a good comparison. Now, uh, I think Blake might even be a better jumper. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just. He's, I mean, the way he, they play, they play with so much energy. Sometimes, it, but they, but the, but they're going to have the turnover at times. But they're also going to have that steal and that breakaway that that you're going to that that's going to be fun to watch. So very exciting player when he's playing well, and yeah. I hope it continues. We hope Sorry. it continues. He got a little injured in the game against the Loyola the other night, so he wasn't as effective. But, you know, we had four guys make four threes each, another guy make two. That's 18 of them. Uh, and I know it was a 10-point win, but we had to lead out to 19. And remember earlier I said you, you got to extend your lead? And, yep. you know, Beast kept hanging around. It was 10 points, 8 points, until about five minutes ago we finally extended. Um I looked at the stats, and the most impressive thing to me was 20 assists, which talked about, you know, most of those threes were wide open. Some other teams are not going to play as much zone as we in the past uh, after that game, I believe. But only eight turnovers. In a fast-paced game like that where, uh, what is it, 92 to 82 was the final score, over 90 points, and only eight turnovers. And I've talked to our coaches before, I mentioned this, you know, we want to be around 12. Most teams want to be around 10, but we gave a couple extra. We try to play fast so you can turn the ball a little more. So that was a great floor game. We tied offensive rebounds. You know, the, we did okay on the boards. You don't expect to have to win the, every game on the boards, but you can't get out rebounded by 17 like we did Wright State. If we can be within three or four and we'll make up for it in turnovers, uh, you know, people who watch that game or listen to it, and unfortunately, not a lot of people were able to watch it because the flow hoops is not that easy to, to, to get. Uh, I think if uh, we'd have more encouragement by the team from that one game going forward, you need to play that way going forward. You're not going to make 18 threes every game. So the question is, can we play enough defense 
rebound the ball well enough, not turn it over, make free throws, and still win like we did against Youngstown State. And I know it's not going to happen every night either, but the, 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 out of the three games, the two games we won, 15 offensive rebounds against Buffalo, 12 against uh, Long Beach, and only six against Wright State. And that's probably the difference in that game right there, you know, being able to get second-chance points. And yeah. if not second-chance points, being able to extend the, uh, the shot clock a little bit longer and, and cutting down on their possessions. True. Well, we'll conclude here with just a brief mention of the Loyola game. Uh, in the first half, we got into a transition game. Kobe and team has both played well. Um, I think Kobe was 8 for 10. But second half, um, what was it, 24-point lead at half. Coach Marlin was disappointed in the second half. I call it uh, lack of energy. It seems like they were just going through the motions. I don't know if it was because um, coming back off an exciting road trip, you know, to Florida. But the second half was disappointing. Can't play that way uh, going forward to have any success. I'm not really worried about that, though, because I just said, you know, we had some of the regulars who sat limited minutes, played in limited minutes. Uh, they know um, Sanford gave us a tough game here last year at the Dome. It was close until the last few minutes when we pulled away. Uh, so really not much to say about the Iola game, but let's look forward to the next two games, if you don't mind. Yep. Okay, well, Sanford is this Thursday night. It's in Birmingham at 7 o'clock. I don't know how the team's getting there. Uh, six, what's that in Birmingham? Six, seven hours away. A little, uh, hopefully they're not, uh, I, I don't know. They, they might bust, they might uh, fly. Ruston will be uh, the site when we play Louisiana Tech on Saturday, December 9th. That'll be the game after. That's an afternoon game at 2 p.m. So there'll be nine days between games. That's finals, of course. I'm surprised we didn't play uh, Sanford on Saturday because I don't know if they, maybe they're playing on Saturday. But anyway, Sanford's five and two. They actually hosted one of those MTE events where they had three lesser D1 teams come to their place. They won all three comfortably. Um, I think North Carolina A&T was their latest victim, which they won by 15 or so. They are led by a guy named Acker Acker. I believe his first name and last name are actually spelled the same way, A-C-H-O-R. I don't remember his stats, but I remember him last year playing pretty well in the, in the Dome. But he had a double-double, 15 and 10 against A&T. And, of course, you know, our weaknesses are inside at times. So, you know, we're probably uh, – Coach Marlin said, you know, on his uh, interview he did with Coach Kevin Foote the other day, that they may not be as big overall. This Acker guy may be their only really true big guy, but he thinks they may be actually a better team than last year, which they won quite a bit of number of games. So it'll be a tough challenge on Thursday night. Yeah, they actually play Sunday against LaGrange. So, okay, they got, a non-D, they got a non-D1. So Yeah. So they're able to get home games, but they're playing, you know, teams similar if we played some SWAC teams regularly. So I think Sanford's a private school, isn't they? Aren't they? I, I believe so. Yeah, so they probably have some basketball resources financially that they can pay to get teams to go to their place. Anyway, following that, like I said, the, the Tech game is on Saturday, December the night. And the reason there's the break again is finals. Um, so all of next week. Uh, hopefully our guys will finish all theirs Wednesday or Thursday so they can prepare for Tech. Uh, before they, I mean, They'll probably bust up there Friday night. That's a 2 o'clock game. They're 5-1. and one. They're 4-0 at home. Uh, a lot of people here have been impressed with the way the McNeese Cowboys have played recently. You know, with wins at UAB and VCU. Well, they didn't win at Tech. I watched part of that game, and it was pretty well played by both teams. It was close. 
Tech pulled away at the end because of some free throws. A uh, guy who was a backup last year who played against Jordan, uh, I think he averaged six points a game, but now he's averaged WW. He's a 6'11 guy from France named Daniel Bacho. He was their key guy against McNeese. He actually outplayed Shoemakes, the McNeese's good big guy. Uh, they have their guard named Crawford who made a bunch of threes against last year. He also returns. So going forward, we only have one home game in December. That's on um, Eastern Kentucky on December 13th. We got these two games coming up. Then following that, we have McNeese, Rice, and Marshall. So some very challenging games coming up for the Cajuns. They'll have to play as well as they played against Lone Beach to have success. A lot of those teams won't play zone against us. They'll try to force turnovers and see if they can get us in foul trouble. Uh, they know our inside game may be lacking. So pretty challenging stretch coming up here, don't you think? I, I do agree, and I, I it, it goes back to what I said earlier about like opponents. These are the games that we need to play well uh, going into the Sun Belt Conference uh, uh, schedule here, uh, building some momentum and doing things like that. I think it, it's going to be uh, the, the uh, for those that Tech is playing tonight against uh, uh, New Mexico, the Lobos. Uh, uh, so it's on the Mountain West Network, which I have no clue what what that is. That probably tells me it's probably is that a road game? It is. They're they're on the road. They're they're in, uh, they're very always good. That'll be a tough. Yeah. Day. Yeah. So that, I think that'll be a, uh, like 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 you said. You know, I watched Magnus beat uh, uh, UAB last night. I watched. Uh, uh, Arkansas State lose to Jackson State, so you know it's. This is going to be a very good showing. If you if you're able to get on for the Mountain West uh, Network, it's a. I say 7 p.m., but I think it's actually uh, later. Yeah, 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, so uh, that'll be a good look at uh, Louisiana Tech if you're able to watch that. Yes, it will be. Uh, it'll be they're, they're like I said, they're five and one. They're four zero at home. So that means they're one and one on the road. So probably they're. Only, I'm sorry, Mike. They play Nichols at home on Saturday, who beat LSU earlier in the year. So that'll be another game to watch for Tech this weekend, Saturday at 2 p.m. If uh, I'll have one, I'll have that on one of the TVs with the uh, championship game going on the other one. So sorry, I hate to digress. Sorry. No problem. But. Um, Nichols uh, has been like a lot of these Southern teams is playing all their games on the road. They got blown out by Baylor last night, but Baylor is a lot better than LSU. Baylor's a yeah. ranked team. Um, but, you know, uh, after all these games, we'll go in the conference play, uh, what is it, December 30th at Marshall? Marshall, something like that? Yes. At and Marshall. Were, yeah, I know we had a great game with the Cajun Chicken here last year against Marshall. They're not as strong this year. They uh, had two top two guys portal out. You know, that's a, that's a problem, you know, in all the college sports, but that's a different issue. Uh, then, of course, we'll start at home against James Madison, who I believe is still undefeated. I think I think I saw them ranked uh, 20th, but I believe you are correct. Yeah, I, I said earlier that uh, Long Beach beat Michigan State. I think, no, I think it's actually uh, they beat Michigan, and I think it's uh, James Madison beat Michigan State. Uh, Yes, you are correct. Yeah, and, and actually that game was created. It's a payday game for for James uh, Madison, of course, but there was family relationship there where it caused that game to occur, some kind of relationship okay. between the coaches. But, you know, it'll be the first time 
assuming James Madison keeps winning that day, or uh, we'll have a ranked team come to the Dome in several years. That'll be Thursday, January 4th. Uh, the league, I haven't looked at a lot of the league, and it seems to be top heavy. I follow some scores. Uh, other than James Madison, I re- and I went against Long Beach. I really don't have to notice any uh, of our teams doing anything outstanding. I know uh, Troy lost to Eastern Kentucky by one, and Eastern Kentucky's our next home game earlier this week, and that was a good game in this, both games in the 70s. So the league may be a little top-heavy, but once you get into conference play and people know each other, the games always get tight. And something else I've always noticed, there's a lot more road wins in conference play than there is in pre-conference. Part of that is because the teams are familiar with each other. Teams have gone to those places before. Um, and like it or not, at our level, we got to uh, focus on conference play because you're not going to postseason play if you don't win the conference tournament. So in conference play is where you get the conference seating, you know, where you want to get in a top four spot so you can get a, a bye. Uh, agree with everything you said. Just some uh, highlights of the last couple nights or last night. Uh, like I said, watched uh, um, uh, Arkansas State blow a little bit of a lead there to lose to Jackson State at at home. Jackson and State you had some other. Jackson State beat us a few years ago. A lot of those SWAC teams playing on the road is nothing to them because all they do is become second nature. Yeah, I, I know uh, similar Texas State, Texas Southern. I'm sorry. Does the same thing. Uh, does the same thing, and, and basically that's how they pay their coaches' salary and their uh, travel budget for the year is they play all money games on the road. So yeah, and, uh, and they get more money than we want to pay them. They'll get ninety thousand versus sixty thousand. Yeah. Exactly. I think, we, I think we should maybe if we uh, going forward, and I know we'll have more home games next year against D one schools. Maybe we could supplement it if we got to buy one, buy one of these SWAC teams because their their net's going to be pretty good because of all their road games. Well, I, I would love to see uh, us play Southern and have a former assistant who is now the head coach there, Kevin Johnson, back in the Dome. Yeah, that would be fun. Maybe that will happen one day. But anyway, Kevin still uh, holds – I think Kevin still holds the uh, three-point record for a visiting team in the Cajun Dome. When he played a Pan American or who is now – That is correct. You know, and they have a different name now. Yeah, they're Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. So, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, you had any concluding thoughts? No, I just think it's exciting. I think this team is uh, – I've got high hopes for them. I think we'll, we'll – uh, I think we will uh, – three-pointing is definitely still going to be a key. But at the same time, I think free-throw shooting is as well. And we've got to stay out of foul trouble, I yep. think. And we got to get to the line more. In his interview with Coach Marley the other day, uh, Kevin Foote asked, why aren't we going to line more? Well, part of it, you shoot too many threes. You're not too, but you get more offensive rebounds you can. And if your point guards can penetrate, you know, and Kobe drives to the basket some, you know, and, and rebounding. To me, you talked about all the keys, rebounding. We can't get out rebounding by 2017 like we did against Wright State. Guys got to get a like a mean streak to go just go get the ball. So, uh, Coach said he even thinks Kobe, as great as he's played, could get more. You know, you just if you go to the middle, the ball will come to you when you're on defense, when you see the shot go up. And when we go I, on the road, remember, it's completely different than even neutral court games. Um, can we will we finish? Well, we didn't finish at Toledo. If we get a lead, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what would be considered a success uh, with these, uh, what is it? Before we start conference play, we got four road games. We get we got to win a couple of them, I, I think, to actually give the team the proper amount of confidence going to conference play. All four of them are going to be tough. 
Absolutely. I, I think this is a good stretch preparing us for conference play right here. And, you know, it, it was one of those things I didn't like playing Loyola where it was in the schedule. But if you look back on it, coming back on three days, three games at a neutral site, which is essentially on the road, and then having Thanksgiving and all that coming back, I thought it was it, it probably looks like a pretty smart thing right now. That's exactly so. what they were thinking when they scheduled it. The, yeah, yeah. It just unfortunate that it was two D non D ones at home back to back for the fans. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but going forward in the future, you know, we're playing a lot of road games this year in non conference. Maybe some of those teams will come to the Cajun Dome next season. Yes. Yeah. I think and, it'll be fun. And we may that way we may be able to reduce it to only one non D one. And if we do it, I don't want it to be. I want it to be the opening game. Yeah. Yeah, the other reason that I think we're not having as many home games in December is only one is there's a boxing tournament in the Cajun Dome, which is only once every four years. So that may not be a factor next year. Um, okay. Well, we can wrap it up here. Uh, hope the fans uh, didn't think we were too long-winded, but we had a lot of games to cover. Yeah, we had a lot to cover and uh, glad to hear that you're doing better and uh, that we're both doing better and looking forward to being regular. Uh, we should get together two more weeks in two more weeks uh, in between and it won't be as that way we won't be as long-winded uh, but lots to cover and I think rightly so a lot to cover this team is exciting to watch yeah it's a different uh style you know give credit to the coaching staff they had to change the style of what they had in the last couple of years where it was an inside out game you know we're fo- focused on the inside guys they don't have those guys, so they got to play different to fit the talent they do have. That's what good coaches do. Yeah, style and and um, you know, and maybe the, the inside guys will continue to improve as the season progresses. Uh, I think we're going to need that. Okay. So. All right, Craig. Uh, All right, Mike. Thank you so much. To, talk to you soon. For Mike Bear, I'm Craig Malasong. You've been listening. We're talking. We've been talking basketball, raging Cajun basketball. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.